Hebrews chapter number 12. We have been looking the last number of Wednesday nights, except of course our break at Christmas time, we've looked at principles to live by. Principles aren't as much doctrine as they are policies, and uh, they are uh, basics to help us decide anything that we do. Hebrews chapter 12 is where you're turning we looked at the foundation for Bible principles, and it's always the Bible. That's where we get our principles from. We talked about the principle of separation. talked about the principle of always putting God first. talked about the principle of consecration, the principle of Christian fellowship, the principle of heavenly affections. talked about the principle of authority. Last week, we talked about the principle of temptation. All of us are going to be tempted. You won't escape this life without being tempted in some fashion. But God's not tempting you. God's not trying to get you to fall. God will test you. God will try you. But uh, as Paul wrote, there hath no temptation taken you, but such is common man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape. And so God's not trying to get you to fall. It's the devil that's trying to do that. And, of course, we can't really blame anybody. If we have fallen to it, it's because we have made that choice. Look there, if you wouldn't, Hebrews chapter 12. Preacher, what are we looking at tonight? Hebrews chapter 12. Look there in verse number 1, if you'd follow. The Bible says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. And verse number two, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. You know, not only did Jesus Christ begin the Christian faith, but it's Jesus Christ that will finish the Christian faith. I'd like to, this evening, Talk about the principle of finishing. The principle of finishing, in other words, don't stop until you've completed the task that's at hand. Do you know that Jesus started our faith? And Jesus finished our faith. And how we need to pray that not only we are finishers, but our children are finishers. And I think that if they are finishers to a great degree... It will be because they saw finishing in us and we didn't let them quit every time it got a little tough. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we pray to help us tonight with this principle of finishing. Lord, it's so easy to start something. A lot of excitement around when something new is begun. But the test often is, is it still going on after six weeks, six months, six years and how encouraged that we are that we are serving a God who finishes what he starts. And would you please impress that upon us? Maybe, just maybe there's somebody here tonight that is considering quitting. Now, Lord, if it's quitting sin, if it's quitting some wrong habit, then they need to quit. But if it's quitting doing something that God and his word says is right to do, we can't quit. Help us to be faithful. And Lord, help us to be reminded of the importance of finishing. 
We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, we are, if you're taking notes, the principle of finishing this text says Jesus starts and Jesus finishes. And folks, the reason that you and I can get saved is because we serve a God who finishes. You probably would agree with me on this, that you can get a hundred kids to start a running race, but those hundred all won't finish a race. Why is that? Well, you can lure someone to start running with a prize, but it takes character to finish. Do you know a hundred men start projects? A woman can badger her husband to start a project. Now, not any woman here, so it's going to be your next door neighbor. But it takes character on behalf of that husband to finish a project he starts. A diet is easy to start. To complete that takes character. Fundraising is easy to start. But not all of that money will be raised because so many give up. Hundred children can begin school. Not a hundred children will graduate from high school. Why it takes character. A hundred students can begin a Bible college. But not a hundred will finish Bible college. A hundred sincere Christians can stand up in a church and announce that God has told them to, and you can fill in the blank. But not a hundred Christians, two years, five years, ten years, are still at that. And we're not talking about God shutting a door to Italy. That's not what we're... We're talking about people that just realized, man, this is a whole lot harder than I thought. I talked to... I had a phone call today. If I mentioned his name, you'd all know who it was, so I won't mention his name. And he talked about the fact that he had a burden to get in the ministry. And he said, Brother Carlson, he said, do you have any advice for me getting into the ministry I said, well, first of all, you're going to have to know that this is what God wants. It's not what you want. It's not what somebody else wants. It's what God wants. And secondly, I said, you are going to already have to have the confidence of people that they know what you start, you finish. Again, I'm saying to you that there are many that start and not all finish. Many of them will now, 100 missionaries begin deputation, but they don't finish. And so, again, my title is The Principle of Finishing and I got this interesting, very sad uh, statistic. Another preacher in this country sent, and it was a uh, survey that they did on churches in 2022. So we're talking just this last year. I'm going to guess that this is North America. 4,000 churches closed their doors in 2020. 4,000. Folks, that's a lot of churches. I know they're not all independent Baptists, they're not all Baptist, but no doubt there are independent Baptist churches in that. 4,000 churches closed their doors in 2020. 4,500 churches closed their door in 2021. 20,000 pastors left the ministry. And last year, over 20, or sorry, over 42% of pastors that were polled considered quitting. There's a lot of folks that it hasn't been ingrained into the fiber of their character. If you start it, finish it. And so we're going to try to drive that home. Look there if you would. You can let go of Hebrews for a bit, but they're in the book of Luke, chapter number two. 
And again, we read in Hebrews 12 where Jesus not only was the author, the beginner, but he's also the finisher of our faith. In Luke chapter 2, we read about Jesus when he was just 12 years old, went with Joseph and Mary to the temple. And we, for sake of time, we are trying to hurry with our business meeting, but at 12 years old, they went to the temple and course they were there and they did that ritual that was required of them and you know that Joseph and Mary began to head back to their hometown of Nazareth and Jesus wasn't there and they didn't realize that and so finally when they did they turned back Joseph and Mary went back to that temple in Jerusalem found Jesus there and Mary kind of scolded Jesus son why hast thou dealt with us Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. And Jesus' answer was this, Wist ye not, did you not know, Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? Jesus already at 12 knew that he had a task that God wanted him to get done. And he was determined to get it done. Whatever it is that God has given you, keep at it. That was at 12. Look there in John chapter number 4 and verse 34. John chapter 4, now Jesus has begun his public ministry. Again, John chapter 4 and verse 34. We find Jesus continues in this ministry, and he is determined that he is going to finish. John 4 and verse 34, Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work. A little bit later, look there in John 5 and verse 36. John chapter 5 and verse 36. But I have a greater witness than that of John, Jesus speaking, for the works which the Father hath given me to finish, the same works that I do. John chapter 17, I know I'm working quickly here, but our Savior was a finisher. John chapter number 17 and verse number, four, uh, verse number four, John 17 and verse four, this is what we call uh, the Lord praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. John chapter 17 and verse four says, I have glorified thee on earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. Jesus was a finisher on the cross of Calvary. Our Lord, he, when Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. So again, whatever project you're at, if it was worth starting, it's worth finishing. We need to finish. That word finish, finished, finishing, finishes 54 times in the Bible. And for tonight, we're just going to look at what we learn from some of those 54. Start there, if you would, at Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. What can we learn about finishing? Genesis chapter 2 and verse number 1. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 1. Then thus the heavens and the earth were finished. Do you know God's a finisher? Do you know whatever God puts his hand to, he finishes? And this is the very first time that that word finish shows up in the scriptures. And it tells us that God's a finisher. Not only that, look there, if you would, at the second time, Exodus 39. Now, we're going to work quickly through these because we're going to look at a lot of verses, but Exodus chapter 39 and verse number 32. 
Exodus chapter 39 and verse 32. This is the second time that we find this word finished in the scriptures. It says, thus all the work of the tabernacle of the tent of the congregation finished and the children of Israel did according to all that the Lord commanded Moses, so did they. Not only is God a finisher, but you know Moses was a finisher. When God gave him the blueprints for the tabernacle, he finished it. And for the next 400 years, no, for the next, uh, yes, 400 years, the nation of Israel enjoyed that tabernacle and they were drawn closer to God because of it, because Moses was a finisher. I was the second time, look there at the third time, Exodus 40 and verse number 33. Exodus chapter 40 and verse 33, we find this word again. And he reared up the court round about the tabernacle and the altar and set up the hanging of the court gate. So Moses finished the work. He didn't just finish assembling that tabernacle. He got all the parts put together. Deuteronomy chapter 31. Deuteronomy chapter 31. And I'll give you the first point to write down. Deuteronomy chapter 31, look there in verse 24. Deuteronomy 31 and verse 24. And we read there, and it came to pass when Moses had made an end of writing the words of this law in a book until they were finished. So God finished when he did creation. Moses finished when he built the tabernacle and furnished the tabernacle. Now Moses continued writing. We know that Moses wrote five books of the Bible. That's a lot of writing. Five books, those first five books are certainly a whole lot bigger than first, second, third, John, fifth. It's big. But he didn't stop until he was finished. If God's given you a task, you need to finish. If you're writing notes down, finishing identifies you with God and good men. Finishing identifies you with God and good men. Isn't it a good thing that Moses didn't stop halfway through Exodus and said, I've written enough? Isn't it a good thing he didn't just finish Leviticus 1 through 10 and said, I've had enough? I say, first of all, if you're a finisher, it identifies you with God and with good men. That's a good crowd to be in. I give you a second thing. Here's the fifth time. Joshua chapter number 4. Joshua chapter number 4 and verse number 10. Not only we learn from this finishing as we peruse through each time it shows up that finishing identifies you with God and good men. But the second one is Joshua chapter 4 and verse 10. This is when the nation of Israel is now crossing the Jordan River under the leadership of Joshua going into the promised land. Joshua 4 and verse 10, For the priest which bare the ark stood in the midst of Jordan until everything was finished that the Lord commanded Joshua to speak unto the people, according to all that Moses commanded Joshua, and the people hasted and passed over. And so if you could picture it, the nation of Israel, I'll get my map here, right? The nation of Israel is on the east side of the Jordan River. God has told them that they're supposed to cross. Those priests holding that Ark of the Covenant on their shoulders, they put their feet into that brim of the Jordan, and it parts. 
those priests, they carry that Ark of the Covenant, and then those priests right in the middle of that Jordan River, they stop right there. And they stand there and they wait as the entire two million people of Israel pass. When they get to the other side, then what uh, Joshua commands is for 12 men to take stones from that Jordan River and built an altar in Gilgal. After that's done, Joshua himself comes back to this bed of the Jordan River and builds another altar there. And it says when all of that was done, then these four priests, they leave that dry bed of that river and they pass through. Now we understand why the people are hurrying through. I mean, they're looking at this bodies of water that are being held up supernaturally. But you know the comfort that they had in an insecure situation? They knew that those priests were going to stay there until the job was done. Do you know, if you're taking notes, the second thing we learn about finishing. Finishing instills in others a confidence in you. Finishing instills in others a confidence in you. And so as these Jews are hasting, they're looking at these four priests, and they have confidence that these four priests aren't going to bail out in the middle of the task. They're going to stay till it's finished. If you are a finisher, people will side with you. People will work with you. People will invest in you because they know you're not the kind to start something and yet you will stay with it until it's finished. All of us know of people that quit every time it gets harder than they thought. And folks, if you're a quitter, people are not going to readily throw their hat into your project because they're not sure that you're going to stick through it through thick and thin. But these people had confidence in those priests because they were finishers. Pastor, I don't know why people just don't rally behind whatever I do. Maybe they've seen you give up when it got too tough. The fifth time it says that those priests, they were finishers and the people had confidence after Joshua's judges and after judges is Ruth, look there in Ruth chapter 3 and verse 18. This is the sixth time that we find this word finish. Ruth chapter 3 and verse 18. And if you know the story of Ruth, Ruth is a Moabite. She's followed her mother-in-law Naomi back to Bethlehem. So she is a Moabite. That's a foreigner in, in God's country, if you would. And you know, when Ruth came back to Bethlehem, she, God blessed her because of her diligence, taking care of her mother-in-law. And she met this man, Boaz. And it seemed like things were just working well for Ruth and Boaz. Look there in Ruth 3 in verse 18. Then said she, it's a mother-in-law, Naomi, sit still, my daughter, until you know how the matter will fall. For the man, that's Boaz, will not be in rest until he have finished the thing this day. Now, you'd have to know the story, but Ruth has met probably the wealthiest man in that region. 
He's a Christian man. He's a, he's a principled man. He's a charactered man. And this mother-in-law, Naomi, says, you can relax. You don't have to worry, Ruth, because you have found a man who finishes what he starts. I say to you, secondly, we learn that finishing instills in others a confidence in you. Folks, you've got to finish what you start, or don't start it. But you have to finish. Remember before my wife and I left Niagara Falls back in 1990 to come here, my pastor gave a number of uh, pieces of advice. But he looked at me and he said, if you're only going to go there for two years and when things get tough, you're going to leave, don't even go in the first place. Because he said, they will begin to establish confidence in you and he said, if you quit when it gets tough, it's like pulling a little tree out of the ground. You'll hurt them more than you can help. Again, I say, secondly, we learn that finishing instills in others a confidence in you. I give you a third thing. Look there at 1 Kings. 1 Kings chapter number 6. You have to go over the Samuels. 1 Kings chapter 6. We've already seen the first six times that finishing shows up. These things have already taught us that finishing identifies you with God and good men. Secondly, finishing instills in others a confidence in you. Third thing we find in the seventh occasion, 1 Kings 6 and verse 9, and the verse says there, so he built the house and finished it. Do you know that's talking about Solomon building the great temple? And it says when he started that tremendous effort and project, it says Solomon stuck with it till he finished it. That's the seventh time. Look at 1 Kings 6 and verse 14. So Solomon built the house and finished it. Look at verse 22. 1 Kings 6 and verse 22. And the whole house he overlaid with gold until he had finished all the house. Then one more, 1 Kings 6 and verse 38. And in the eleventh year, in the month Bull, which is the eighth month, was the house finished for all the parts thereof. And according to all the fashion of it, so was he seven years in building it. You know, the third thing you learn about this word finish from the scriptures is finishing implies a great investment of time and toil. Again, finishing implies a great investment of time and toil. Do you know why many people don't finish? It's because, wow, it's, this is taking a whole lot longer than I ever thought. This is just requiring more time than I ever thought. Or someone says, this is just harder to get done than I ever imagined. And that's true. You know, finishing implies a great investment of time and toil. If you're going to be a finisher, you probably won't get that project done as quickly as you thought. When my wife and I bought the house that we're now in, we bought it a year after we'd been here, it needed some fixing, some changing, and so we decided we would get it done in six weeks. It took us six months to get it done. And when we finally laid the hammer down, the hammer laid down for the next seven years. 
And my wife would say, we didn't get that trim, that little piece of trim. I said, yeah, I know. It didn't help me get it, get it up there, but why? It, it took a whole lot more time, and it took a whole lot more toil. Hey, preacher, I really think I'm going to get involved. Are you sure that you're prepared to invest the time and invest the toil? Now, remember that last verse, verse 38. How long did it take for him to build the temple? Seven years. Folks, when we built this church building, we got this church building done in probably seven months. It took him seven years. But he didn't quit. And he didn't quit. You say, preacher, I just think, again, I... I had someone talk about, I'm just going to go out and start a church. I said, the Lord's told you to do it, go for it. If the Lord hasn't told you to do it, wait. Because it's going to be harder than it is when you read about the testimonies of others in books. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of toil. Many of you have businesses that you've established. It didn't happen overnight. And you had to deal with delays. You had to deal with increased costs. If you still have the business, it's because you were prepared that you would take extra time and take extra toil. Anything that starts, how often do we hear about the government? Now, the government doesn't understand expense. But the government gets a quote for a project, and it comes in for $2.3 million. And when we read about the report after it's done, it was 6.2 million. And you say, someone's scamming. Well, that's often is true. But you know, many times it takes more time and more toil. A great company isn't built on leisure and laziness. It takes time and toil. A great church requires time and toil. A great ministry in a church takes time and toil. Understanding of the Bible it takes time for that. It takes toil. A great marriage takes time and toil. The Bible says the desire accomplished is sweet to the soul. But sometimes it takes longer than you expected. I, I've given you the third thing. Finishing implies a great investment of time and toil. I give you the eleventh time. Would you look there in 1 Kings chapter 7? We saw four of the places in chapter 6, number 7, 8, 9, and 10. So now is the 11th time that finishing shows up. Look there in 1 Kings 7, verse 1. But Solomon was building his own house 13 years, and he finished all his house. Question, question. How long did it take for him to build a temple? Seven years. And because he stuck seven years on that project... Do you know the next project that he took was building his own house? And it took 13 years to build his own house. That's even longer than it took to build the house of God. And folks, that's okay. He stuck with the project of building God's house until it was finished. And he decided, you know what? With all the experience I've gained, I think I could build my own house. It took him 13 years. What would make him think that he could tackle even a bigger task. That's because he finished the last task. If you're writing this down, finishing indoctrinates that pattern in you. 
finishing indoctrinates that pattern. In other words, if you finish a little task, you are likely to finish the next task. And then you're likely able to finish the next one and the next. But, folks, if, if you're a quitter, and if you allow yourself to give up and quit when things were tough in a littler task, it's going to indoctrinate in you this idea that it's okay to quit on the next task. And do you understand, if you still have children at home that you're training, how important it is when their little children know you have to finish it? Now, this is radical, but I think if they put food on their plate, they should finish it. Now, if you put food on their plate, and you put too much, maybe you should finish it, but it, we won't go there. If they have put that helping of food on that plate, I think they should finish it. Why? Because you're teaching them and you're indoctrinating into them if it's okay to quit. Now, I know that's radical, that's crazy. I think that I've seen, I don't color, not anymore. I've got too many things to do. Have you ever seen a child with a coloring book? <sighs> Hold on a minute. Whoa, whoa. Let's go back to that first page. You finish that. Now, you say, Pastor, it's just a culling bird. No, it's indoctrinating an acceptable characteristic. I can do a sloppy job and that'll be okay. Yeah. I think some people out in this world that can't hold down a job Maybe earlier in life, they were allowed to quit when it was just a little tougher. I say to you the fifth lesson that we learn. Uh, sorry, <laughs> the, the fourth lesson we learn is finishing indoctrinates that pattern in you. I think that children ought to finish what's on their plate. I think children ought to finish coloring one page of a coloring book before they get to the next one. I think teenagers ought to finish school. If it's right to start school, then it's right to finish school. You know, there's a trend amongst many, well, I'm just going to quit. Why? Well, I can get a job. Now, please don't take this wrong. We've got a good brother that's got two jobs, and one of them is working at McDonald's. But if you quit halfway through grade nine because you were offered a job flipping burgers, you might, 30 years later, that might be the only job you can get. I'm not talking about a second job. I'm talking about if you quit high school because you just didn't feel like finishing it. It's going to hurt you. And you that are young people, still in school, finish it. Finish it. Some of you know that didn't finish it, and you applied for a job somewhere, and they say, how far did you go in schooling? Well, I did the best I could. How far did you, did you finish? I've told you before, when I, was, when I was in Bible school, I wanted to quit halfway through the third year. Thank the Lord, I had a good mom. I told my mom, I'm thinking of quitting. <laughs> she said, son, you can't quit. You can't quit. 
because if you quit this, you quit the next thing. You have to finish. I give you the next thing quickly. If if I can give you two more, and we're done. First Kings nine. First Kings chapter nine. First Kings chapter nine. I think you start Bible Institute, you ought to finish. If you start Bible College, you ought to finish. First Kings chapter number nine. There, if you would, in verse number 1, 1 Kings 9 and verse 1. The Bible says, And it came to pass when Solomon had finished building the house of the Lord and the king's house, and all Solomon's desire, which he was pleased to do, that, a Lord, that the Lord appeared to Solomon the second time. Do you know, because Solomon established the characteristic of finishing. He finished God's house. He finished his house. You know, God showed up. And it says the Lord showed up a second time. We don't have time to back up to the first time. And God blessed him. We, again, don't have time to read it, but verse 3. Could I say the next thing we learn is finishing invites God's blessings on you. Finishing invites God's blessings on you. God will bless you if you're a finisher. God will bless you if you set your mind to finishing what you start. God blessed Noah because he not only started to build the ark, but he finished it. God blessed Nehemiah because he not only started to rebuild the Jerusalem walls, but he finished them. And you know, God will bless you if you finish it. I, I, let me close with this last one. First Chronicles, and First Chronicles 28, after Kings is Chronicles. First Chronicles 28. What we've seen so far while you're turning, finishing identifies you with God and good men. That's a good crowd to be in if you're a finisher. Finishing instills in others a confidence in you. Third, finishing implies a great investment of time and toil. Fourth, finishing indoctrinates that pattern in you. Fifth, finishing invites God's blessings on you. Now I give you the sixth thing. There in 1 Chronicles 28 and verse number 20. 1 Chronicles 28 and verse 20, the Bible says, And David said to Solomon his son, Be strong. Now I want you to think about this. If David had to say to his son Solomon, Be strong. What is likely happening in Solomon's life? He's feeling weak. That's why his dad had to say, son, be strong. Keep reading verse 20. Be strong and of a good courage. Well, if David had to set, tell his son Solomon to be of good courage, what was probably Solomon dealing with? Discouragement. Keep going and do it. <laughs> well, he was probably thinking maybe... I should just give it up. Keep going. Fear not. I'm suggesting Solomon could very well have been fearing what he was in the middle of, nor be dismayed. He was just bewildered with what was happening. Keep going. For the Lord God, even my God, will be with thee. He will not fail thee nor forsake thee until thou hast finished all the work for the service of the house of the Lord. This is David telling this to Solomon. Would you write this last thing down? Would it be done? Finishing can be instigated by others. Finishing can be instigated by others. I think maybe, just maybe, Solomon was at a point in his life where he thought, I, I can't go another day. I can't keep this. Being the king of a nation is going to be too strong for me. I can't. 
And thank God he had a father that came up behind him and said, Son, would you be strong? Would you be of a good courage and do it? Fear not, nor be dismayed. I'm saying to you, finishing can be instigated by others. And you know, if you have someone that's close to you that's thinking of quitting, besides praying for them, maybe the best thing you do is just pull up beside them and say, you know, you can do it. You can get it done. This is not too hard for God. Keep at it. Don't stop. Don't quit. That's what David was doing to Solomon. I can't tell you all the times that I've wondered. Maybe I'm done. I can look back on three specific times here. 32 years where I thought, that's it. Prayed, Lord, would you please... Make it clear. And you know, every one of those times, God came through and God said, you're not finished till I tell you you're finished. My dad worked at the Welland Ship Canal. He had been a finishing, finishing, finishing carpenter for, I'm going to guess, 20 plus years, and that company folded My dad got a job at the Welland Ship Canal, if you know, between Lake Erie and Lake Ontario, the ships. I mean, they can either go over the Niagara Falls. It's a little hard on a ship. Or they can take the locks, you know, the locks will will take them down or take them up. And we lived right there, and so he got a job at the Welland Ship Canal. And it was in the winter months. Now, now, their winter was minus 20 when it was cold, and we kind of smile. It's a warmer day at minus 20. But he got a job at minus 20. He was literally working on those huge steel and wooden doors. And it was, his fingertips were freezing, and, and he didn't like it. And he, he couldn't wear enough pair of long johns to keep him warm eight hours a day. He put an application in at General Motors, which was the envy of anybody in that area to work at General Motors. And lo and behold, he had worked a few weeks at this uh, Welland Ship Canal, and he got a phone call. Actually, he was at work. My mom got the phone call and said, yes, we've looked at Henry's application. We'd like him to come in for an interview. My mom was so excited. She wasn't a cartwheel kind of person, but she would have done him if she could have. And she, when, when my dad, Henry, came home for supper, Henry, you got a call from General Motors. He said, oh, Okay. But he said, because I'm not sure if it'll work. And she's like, her eye, what, if it'll work. <laughs> he said, I'm going to try to work both jobs at the same time for a week. He went to General Motors the very first shift. And they had him on a grinding wheel, wearing safety glasses, eight hours the first day grinding stuff. Sparks just a flying, and he was. If he opened his mouth, they went in. If he closed his mouth, they burned. And do you know at the end of that first eight hour shift, he was done. You talk about finished, he was done. And he came home and he sat down at that table. And my mom, she could read his mind just like she could read mine. She knew exactly what he was thinking. Starts with Q and ends with wit. He was thinking it quit. And she said, How'd your day go, hon? He said, I'm not going back. 
I am not going back. That grinding wheel, not, that's foolishness. Who would do that for eight hours a day, five days a week? I'm not going back. <laughs> she was gentle in her persuasion. She said, Henry, do you know how long we've prayed for this? She said, this is an answer to prayer. You can't keep working on that well and ship canal and they won't even have you working in the summer. Come on. She said, I'll make you a deal. <laughs> she said, if you'll work both these jobs for seven days, if after seven days you want to quit General Motors, I won't stand in your way. And I said, well, that's not a very submissive wife. He, after that, their time after, said that was the best thing ever happened. Do you know the second day he wasn't eight hours on the grinding wheel? Someone else was. The new hiree. <laughs> Do you know by the end of the first week, he no longer called it General Motors, he called it Generous Motors? Because you hardly had to work that at all. What am I saying? My mom encouraged him to stick at that new job and don't give it up and don't quit. Quitting will take you nowhere. Sticking to it, God will bless you for it. I close with this. Some of you would recognize the name John Wesley, lived back in the mid-1700s. John Wesley was one of the founders of the Methodist Church. And you know, he didn't get saved till 35. And from that point forward, he spent the rest of his life, life preaching in fields and streets, Occasionally in a church building. John Wesley was up each morning at before five for prayer and Bible study. He rode on horseback 15 to 20 miles a day. He preached four or five times every day. And during his lifetime, he calculated he traveled 250,000 miles and preached a total of 42,000 sermons. You know, he said his secret was don't quit. In fact, after he died, someone found his diary. And during the early days of John Wesley's preaching, he wrote this. Sunday morning, May the 5th, preached at St. Anne's, was asked not to come back anymore. Sunday night, May the 5th, preached at St. John's. The deacon said, get out and stay out next week. Sunday morning, May 12th, preached at St. Jude's, can't go back there either. That night, Sunday night, May the 12th, preached at St. George's, kicked out again. The following week, Sunday morning, May the 19th, preached at St. Somebody Else's. He didn't even remember the name. The deacons called a special meeting and said, I couldn't return. That night, Sunday night, May the 19th, preached on the street. I was kicked off the street. Next Sunday morning, May the 26th, preached in the meadow. And chased out of a meadow as a bull was turned loose during the services. Next Sunday, June the 2nd, Sunday morning, preached at the edge of town. I was kicked off the highway. Now, wouldn't you at that point come to the conclusion, I guess I shouldn't be preaching. But that Sunday night, June the 2nd, that Sunday afternoon service, preached in the pasture, 10,000 people came to hear me. Imagine he was happy then he didn't quit. 
So if there's someone here, you're thinking, preacher, I, it's just not working. Don't quit. Finish it. That's a principle that's important in our lives. Let's pray. Father, we pray to help us. Help us, Lord, not to just be starters of good things. You give us... Finish. Help us finishers. It'll identify us with God and good people. It'll instill in us character. People have confidence in us. It'll help us to tackle bigger jobs and carry through with those jobs. God will bless us for it. Lord, sometimes, God, you're going to put near us somebody that's thinking of quitting. Lord, it might be carefully said words out of our mouth will encourage them to keep at it. Help us to keep at it. Help us to help others to keep at it. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.